five counties. One big sports show. Sports Beat Roundup. We're getting into the swing of Cheltenham with the entries for the prestigious Gold Cup already confirmed and a number of South East hopefuls. However, it's not just the horses from this region that make it, but the fans as well. Many of them are set to head to Revolution Bar in Waterford this Friday for a special Cheltenham preview night all in aid of a great cause. I had its organisers and one of its guest speakers in studio this week to talk about the event. So we're joined by Mark Phillips and Andrew Halligan ahead of um, the Pre- Cheltenham Preview uh, Night Charity Night for the Injured Jockeys Fund. Um, I suppose, Andrew, first of all, uh, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about what's coming up. Uh, so we have our first ever The Finish Line, which is my podcast, um, Cheltenham Festival Preview, which is on Friday to 28th of February in Revolution Bar. So on the panel, we have myself, Mark, uh, Tom and Dave from the podcast. Then we have... Racing UK's and RT Racing's Jay Mangan. We've the Final Farland Packos host and at the races um, correspondent in Emma Kennedy. We have Kevin Sexton along with uh, Dylan Robinson who rides for Henry de Bromhead. So it's all in aid of the Interest Jockey Fund, which is a great cause for us to give back as racing fans. Mm. I mean, it's 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 such a, and I have Mark here in here regularly. It's such a wealth, uh, like as an area, it's such a wealthy area when it comes to horse racing. Like you have people like Henry de Bromhead, you know, JP, um, you have um, uh, the Bolger, Jim Bolger's yard. So there's a, there's a real appetite for horse racing down in this part of the world. The, down in the South East, we have a lot of world-class trainers. We have Willie Mullins, we have Henry, we have Joseph O'Brien, Aidan O'Brien. The list goes on and on. It's, it's the epicentre of world champions, really. Mm. Then we have our local track with Tramora, which is more or less a playground for Cheltenham champions. We had Lorena, who won the mayor, she ran out there. We had Album Photo, won the Savage Chase two years in a row. He won the Gold Cup last year. And we have many more horses that have been placed that ran out there. So it's it's a nice little quiet area we like to keep to ourselves <laughs> um, I suppose what can people kind of expect on the night um, like it's going to be some really really good chat perhaps some great tips going into Cheltenham because it is such a highlight isn't it of the hunt season it's it's the Olympics of national hunt racing and like we love it we all love it that's why we all get attached to Cheltenham every year like anyone that's watched, watched or listened to the podcast know like there's going to be a lot of banter there's going to be a lot of good tips there's going to be great anal- analysis from Mark, Jane, Emmett, and then us from the podcast. We'll throw in the album or two if we can. <laughs> I mean, uh, just for yourself, I suppose. Uh, I know when you do a podcast, and uh, we know it well here speaking in the studio, um, like it can feel a little bit isolated sometimes. So when you bring it out onto the road, when you get a chance to bring it out in front of a crowd, that's just so exciting. Oh, I, I can't wait for it. It's, I've been counting down the days now for the last six weeks. It's, I'm excited and nervous. I just hope it all goes well at the day, but everything is in place. We're good to go and everyone come along. Like It's going to be a great night. You're not going to have... I've been to a lot of Cheltenham Festival previews. This is going to be one where there's going to be a lot of audience participation. You can ask us questions. You can throw banter back at us. Like We'll, we'll just jump on it all it's going to be a great crack You've, there'll be no shortage of that Mark you're well used to the bit of banter down a the south east bit southeast. of banter and abuse <laughs> <laughs> no, look, looking forward to it um, Kevin it'll be a great night and uh, hopefully it'll be well supported as Andrew said it's in aid of the Injured Jockeys Fund which is a great organisation people don't realise like the injuries jockeys get I mean, mm. you know about them Jack Kendi even a couple of weeks ago there he rode the winner of the, the Irish Gold Cup and half an hour later he was in the back of an ambulance heading off to St Vincent Hospital mm. with a broken leg so it just goes to show you're up and down very very quickly and uh, it'll be nice for us to give something back to the sport we love and it's not just the professional jockeys to so many amateur jockeys as well even on the point to point scene that 
you know, uh, speaking from my own personal experience, I know somebody who ended up in a very, very bad way after, you know, comas. And so they, I don't think people realize the kind of cost that, that that's, re- you know, related to all that. Yeah, and like they're out of work, you know what I mean? If they get an injury, they could be out of work for six to 12 months. Mm. They have no income as such. So, I mean, the injured jockeys fund uh, step in then, which is great. And as I said, like, it's nice to be able to give something back to the sport. And I suppose, uh, Mark, for yourself, um, it is an exciting time just in terms of races coming up. I'll be talking to you soon about the the, the uh, Red Mills on, in Kenya on Saturday. But, um, like, it is really building, isn't there? Momentum building. We're already talking about Tiger Roll's weight and everything. So it's really kind of getting into the, the, the swing of things now. It, is, it is indeed. Like, every time you take up the race and post every day, something new happens. Like, horses are... You know, horses win. No, we'll enter that in Cheltenham, or we'll, this horse is injured. We'll take him out. You know, so a lot can happen. There's a lot of water to flow under the bridge before we uh, kick off Cheltenham. But uh, look, it's great, and you know, there's still, there's still some great racing coming up to Cheltenham. You know, um, owners and trainers will target races. I think on the Imperial Cup is on the sat the previous Saturday, and there's always a bonus then in Cheltenham. If you win the Imperial Cup and you turn out at Cheltenham the following week, there's always a bonus there for you. You know, which is great and nice. It's good horses to run on the Saturday as well. Andrew, uh, it's uh, it's twenty euros a ticket. But but uh, if you get a five euro free bet, if you put it down right, then you might end up winning the cost of it back. Well, we're after dropping it to ten euro now. Right. Okay. So for the next uh, up to the Thursday before tickets are ten euro, so you still get your five euro free bet from Labrooks, and you get your free entry into our first prize draw, which is an all inclusive paid trip to the Punchdown Festival. Oh, that's pretty. That's ten euros well spent. I think that's ah, it's not a bad investment, <laughs> is it really? <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose uh, for anybody, um, like uh, you know, just you might just go over the details again, just give people an idea uh, of where to be, what's happening, and and how to get yourself down there. Right. So it's happening on, as we said, Friday the twenty eighth of February in Revolution Bar. So the doors will open at seven o'clock. We aim to start about half seven ish, and you can get your tickets on eventbrite.ie forward slash the finishing line. Or you can actually pick up tickets in Revolution from today. Brilliant. Andrew and Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And look, best of luck. It's for a fantastic cause, no doubt about that. And uh, it's sure to be a brilliant night in Revolution Bar. Thanks very much. Thanks, Kevin. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports Beat Roundup. So we're joined by uh, Neil Power and Rhys Moran. Um, first of all, Neil, welcome. Um, Rhys, welcome back. Uh, you're making yourself comfortable there. Uh, hasn't taken long. So Neil, um, I suppose um, first of all, the the it's it's Ring Kings two, and the first Ring Kings was the first in Waterford since nineteen forty eight. You had fifteen hundred people in Cardiff for it. Um, now we're looking at a landscape where, really, as a promoter in Waterford, the amount of talent here in the pro boxing circuit and just generally in boxing coming through the ranks is astonishing. Uh, Craig's gone for an Irish title. You have Rowan date over in Dubai. I think he's twelve or thirteen now. You have Dylan Moore fight for an IBF international. You have Reese Moore now. He's after having his debut out in Belfast, and now he's, you know, um, a massive force like coming in super middleweight. So the landscape is just amazing, and that's kind of what kicked us into really wanting to get this over the line for that night. You know, uh, we thought it'd be a travesty not to bring professional boxing back to Waterford and how long has this been in the offing because I know 70 years since the last one so uh, was it immediately after in Kings 1 do you decide you wanted to do it again or was it, did, was there a couple of things had to fall into place uh, no not after the first one um, look it took a lot of work uh, the first one and I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do so I actually went and did uh, uh, darts professional darts was the next thing but look mm. the boxing is my passion and um I always kind of it grew and it grew. It's just one of them things when you're out of it, you want to be in it, and when you're in it, you think, oh Jesus, it's a lot of work. But 
Um, just really got serious, I suppose, kind of the start of last summer. And um, we realised why there's no scheduled shows in the Republic of Ireland because it's a lot of hard work and it took... A lot, a lot, a lot to get this over the line. But look, so like just to, like explain to to us, just because I know a lot of people might necessarily understand what what kind of what kind of needs to fall into place for that to happen. Well, just um, for instance, uh, there was a major UK insurer that pulled out of Ireland for um, covering kind of niche events, and um, mm. when they pulled out, it just drove premiums through the roof. Also, um, it was difficult to get a venue to host uh, professional boxing. You know, there's a I suppose a lot of people have a certain idea what it is and it's not like this is a fabulous night's entertainment, you know, mm. that you get from uh, children up to wh- whatever age, you know, pensioners there. So um, once you have the venue in place, the insurance and then once we had them, yeah, things got a little bit easier, but it was getting them nailed down was the problem. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and the thing is, Reese, for people like yourself, um, you know, you only have your first professional fight just down. And yet now you're you're facing into your. I mean, it's so unusual, isn't it? For it's your second professional fight, and yet you're getting the opportunity to fight in your hometown. Yeah, uh, these uh, opportunities. Not exactly your hometown, but close uh, enough. Um, look, Waterford is pretty much my hometown. You know, I yeah. I'd be uh, popular in Waterford and Tremor. You know, uh, be popular all around there. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I but, wish uh, I could have that confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hardly uh, popular in here. Never mind to say I was like. <laughs> Um, no uh, it is it's exciting you know and when Neil Neil literally rang me I think it was the day before uh, I was getting ready to go to Belfast for my debut and said look rankings is not over the line Uh, get this one over the line and then we'll talk after you're home like and it was that was exciting that was a big boost as well so that I think that made me focus a little bit more as well Um, but then when I came home it was literally just focused on this and I couldn't say anything for a little while and um but look it's it's out there now and it's the ninth of May and two thousand people to perform in front of in your second fight uh will show a lot as well. Um there's going to be nerves, there's going to be excitement and that but at the end of the day uh, I train really hard in the gym and um I love this boxing, you know. Uh nothing's gonna step in my way uh on the ninth of May, you know, I'm gonna put on a show for my home crowd because it might be the one and only time that they could see me if Neil yeah. doesn't hold an event here again who knows when I could be even fighting in Ireland again yeah. never mind Waterford so I really want to put on a good performance in front of my home my home crowd Are you looking forward to that it's almost like the week before Christmas when you have something like this isn't it kind of, that kind of two weeks before because the buzz is building everybody in the town is, 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 is talking about it and you know Waterford isn't a huge place so you know it's really going to be a massive boost for the, for the whole area Yeah Yeah uh, it is, it's exciting. No, I'm excited as it is talking to you <laughs> over the mic. Um, I think what's really kind of after hitting me, you know, uh, I had my, my, as everyone knows, my uh, professional debut in Belfast. Yeah. And there wasn't really much coverage over it. And within a week of kind of this coming out, uh, there's posters of my face all over the place already. There's videos uh, on social media um, with just me in it you know and it's just it's everything's kind of loomed around me and as well as a team you know but mm. I've never had anything like this and it's it's nearly kind of makes you feel special a little bit you know yeah I, I like that it's like Christmas absolutely yeah you know? it's, it is and it's it's like Christmas nearly from the get-go you know like like I said like there's posters there's videos about you you know and it's just you can't wait for that day to come mm. to prove this is why that this is 
there's this hype that, about that's what professional boxing is all about that's what makes it so different to the amateur it's about the the, the uh, should I say ego but it's about the personalities it's about the you know the faces being up on posters um, and I suppose Neil for yourself um, like you know you you have not one but two serious Waterford fighters already announced on the bill because you Pierce McCarthy who headlined uh, the, the original Ring Kings and he's he's back again so um, a really really talented boxer and another another local talent who, who is getting his opportunity now to perform in front of his home crowd yeah uh, Craig is he's fighting for an Irish title against Chris Plain you know it's we've never had a a professional title fought for in uh, boxing in Waterford mm. so that's a, you know it's a first and um, Chris Blaney f- you know f- for boxing fans you know yeah he's a big name and especially being coached by Ricky Hatton that's a, that's adds an extra thing to it Ricky Hatton coming to Waterford you know as a mm. boxing fan I can't pretend like that's not a big deal to me you know yeah. it is but um, we also working on a fight for Rohan Date as well you know he's an exciting knockout puncher and Actually, the problem at the moment is finding a domestic opponent for him. You know, right. um, it's diff- he's difficult to match. So we're hoping to add him to the the card as well. So then we'd have, you know, three Waterford lads, uh, three of the four, the other, Dylan Warren's off doing his thing. You know, fighting yeah. for a big title. So boxing is just it's booming in Waterford at the moment. It's fantastic as a fan. And that's what I am as a fan. Like, and it, it must be brilliant as a fan to be able to bring something like this to the region because you're looking at it from both sides of it aren't you really you're, you're, you're able to see uh, you know from a fan's perspective how much it means but you're also able to see from the other side how much it means to the lads yeah look I love it, it excites me doing the promo videos and getting them right for the lads uh, it's, a, it's a big part of it for me like um, that look this doesn't happen all the time and I want I want them to get the, the, the full feeling that this is a big big show it's a it's a big um a big deal for us like so for Reese when I'm doing his video for Craig when I'm doing the videos I want him to the best the best they can be and I suppose um Reese just like for yourself uh, what's the plan now like what what you know you say I'm going to be ready but what is going to be ready what what does that mean now between now and May the 9th uh physically and mentally uh I want to be in the best physical shape possible mm. uh in front of my home crowd I want to put on the best performance I've ever put on uh, in in the boxing ring, you know, and I I really don't want to be giving you all this on the radio and not coming out and performing to what I want. But mm. I am going to I'm I'm telling everybody now that I'm putting my head down in the gym for the next eleven weeks and I'm going to train my heart and soul out. So you've eleven eleven weeks straight. I'm eleven weeks, yeah. and I really I really am going to prove to people that I am going to be a massive addition to uh, being a prospect. What more or less for Irish boxing. Um, mm. You know, I had a decent enough amateur record and now it's I want to push for the pros and hopefully now 2-0 comes the 9th of May and smash somebody up. <laughs> and I suppose finally um, for yourself, Reese uh, and, and Neil, I'll ask you both this question to finish on. Um, why should people come out uh, to the WIT arena on uh, Saturday, May the 9th? I think anyway, we run the best professional boxing show in the country, but... It's also look. It's a night of entertainment like no other, uh, and you're also supporting your your own. You know, for people from this area, you're seeing you're seeing history. You're seeing an Irish title being fought for at the top of the bill, and you're seeing other Waterford fighters, and you're going to see some other title fights added to the card over the coming weeks. So it's just a, a night of entertainment that can't be replicated anywhere else in the country at the moment. And Reese. So, first of all. You're going to see a 10-round Irish title fight. You're going to see a 
first time in history a Waterford man winning an Irish title a professional Irish title in his hometown which will be fantastic so why not be a part of history second of all you're going to see me dance under those lights <laughs> and smash somebody up <laughs> brilliant lads thanks a million for coming in best of luck at it we'll have you in uh, the week of anyway um, ahead of it uh, hopefully if your schedules allow it and uh, look it is just brilliant for the Waterford as a city for the southeast region to have an event like this and I'm no doubt that the 2000 seats there will be bums on each single one of them before we go to the WIT arena so lads thanks a million thanks thank very you. much thank you. following the Dacia sports beat roundup after defeating last year's AIB All-Ireland Intermediate Club Camogie Final, that Galtier have summoned the strength to reach the summit once more is a feat in itself. And for Captain Anya Ling, the opportunity to play in her club colours at Crow Park is an immeasurable experience. Having avenged a defeat in last year's final by beating Clonduff in the semi, Offaly St. Rhinus stand in the Waterford side way tomorrow. And speaking to Oisín Langan, Ling says it's something her side need to savour. It's what every player dreams of, um, to run out in Crow Park wearing their, wearing their, wearing their club jersey. Um, it's what every child grows up um, wanting to do and I'm one of the lucky ones that gets to do it. Did you think this day would ever come again because you lived away from Waterford, you lived in England for about seven years and didn't play any camogie in that time? Yeah, it's, it's a turnaround. Um, so I left when I graduated from the University of Limerick. I went over to the UK to do my master's, ended up spending seven years over there uh, longer than what was planned. So when I was over there, I ended up getting big into running. Um, I wasn't playing camogie, now I always had the hurdle. Um, would enjoy going out for a puck around whenever uh, a friend would come over to visit. But uh, near enough the time when I was looking to come home, um, Catherine Wishy, who was involved, I used to play with her, now involved in the backroom um, management setup, sent me a text one day when I was just sitting on the floor of my apartment and said, would I, would I get back playing? Um, and I took the opportunity and I haven't looked back since. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Are you embracing it even more because you were away from it and maybe there was a t time you thought you wouldn't get to play for your club or county again and you're doing both? Yeah, um, I suppose even before I left I loved it. Um, and when I left I thought I'd never be back playing again. So now I look at every game as a bonus. Um, every game I get to play is a game I thought I'd never play, uh, play again. Um, so it's like every player should, especially when they're coming near the end of their career, um, is enjoy every moment, enjoy the build-up to every single game um, and make the most of that opportunity that's in front of you. We'll talk about the game itself in a few moments, but before we do, I want to talk to you about what you took up when you went to England, because as you say, you, you went for a puck of the ball every now and then, and it's not like you completely lost contact with hurling and camogie, and you always had the, the hurley with you. You took up running, but, but typical of someone like yourself, typical of a high achiever, you kind of took it to an extreme. Yeah, um, I suppose like a, a lot of players, um, we like to test ourselves. So I took up running, um, started with 5k, 10k, tried to see how fast I could go. Then I went to half marathon, thought, oh, can I go a bit further? Did a few marathons, went for the off-road marathon, marathons. Um, and then I went to the ultramarathons, um, ran various parts of the coast of the, the UK. Um, you always just... It's a thing of testing yourself. How far can your body go? Um, and how strong can you mentally push yourself? Um, so yeah, it was, it's a bit different to the, the on-field sport. It's, uh, you're out for a few hours at a slower pace. Um, this was one of the difficulties was coming back to the field and trying to get speed back in my legs. Um, it's gradually coming back, but uh, I kind of rely on the smarts a bit now. Mentally, how important was it for you to push yourself like that when you weren't playing Kamogi? Um, I like to be tested. 
Um, you like to be challenged in everything that you do because you always want to be the best that you can be yourself. It's not about competing against somebody else. It's being, what, what's the optimal you? And I try to apply that both to my work and to sporting context. And I suppose running gave me that outlet of going, well, how, how far can I test myself? How far can I mentally push myself? And at the same time, enjoy it. And did that kind of come into play when you started playing Camogie again? Because I imagine it was tough going into a good team like Galtier after such a long gap. And no matter what kind of fitness you had, and I appreciate running is a very different kind of fitness, there must have been times when you thought, God, I'm, I'm not sure I can get back into this. But you had that kind of box ticked in your head. You had challenged yourself and you'd come through it with the ultra marathons. Did, did that kind of help you bounce on and get back to where you are in a camogie sense and get back to the, the, the elite level of camogie? Yeah, no, I was lucky. Galtier, yeah, they're your family, your friends. I was always in contact with them over the years. So when I stepped back in the door, the older girls and the girls who knew me, you know, open, welcomed me with open arms. The younger girls probably didn't know me. Um, it was funny, actually, the, the first day I went back, they did a bleep test. Um, and I just so happened to be training for the double marathon, so I was well able to run. Um, but when it came to having the hurl in the hand and the speed work, I got shown up. Um, but the girls are great. Um, they, they took me in, built me back up. Um, and when you love something, you, you spend your time doing it. And you know, I was out against the wall as much as I could, get that touch back. We started working on speed work in the gym. Um, yeah, and I, again, I'm just, I'm just lucky to be back, able to do what I love doing. And that's important, isn't it, to love what you do. I know you love your job, but it is quite intense. So how much of a break does Kamogi give you? How important is it to have that kind of outlet, that release? Yeah, so I work with the National Cancer Control Programme. My job is in cancer prevention and early detection. Again, my workplace is very supportive of what I do. They know I play, um, so they know, they know I'm going down the road to training. Um, Kamogi itself, and with any sport, it gives you that outlet um, where you just get to express yourself. You get to run around the field, forget about everything that's been going on in the day, um, and just embrace that moment of being out in the field with your friends. We know what is behind Galtier. Last year's All-Ireland Intermediate Final disappointment. Uh, you lost to Clonduff in the final. You beat Clonduff on the way back to this final. Was that the best way possible to get back to the All-Ireland final? Getting back, yes, and also beating the team that beat you last year? I suppose there's no best way of getting back. We looked at it as each game in front of our face. So first of all, we had to get out of Waterford. There's strong competition there. You've got Cap Quinn, Liz Moore, De La Salle, St. Dance. We had to take each game as it comes. Uh, first job was get out of Waterford. Next job was to get through the Munster semi-final, get through Munster. You know, we celebrated each win along the way. Having climbed off in the semi-final, obviously there was an extra edge to it, an extra, a little bit of hunger, um, considering the loss last year. Fantastic game. Um, Clondoff are an incredible team. They've got incredible players. Again, it was a battle. Um, we came out the right side of it and now we're, we're back to where we were last year, um, which is what we wanted to do. Um, yeah, and now it's just about taking that. How much will you have learned from last year? How beneficial is it to have gone through this process of going to an All-Ireland final in the recent past? Uh, you, you, you can't put a price on experience, can you? Um, just having been through the day before, uh, us as a team and us as individuals, that we know the setup, we know the, the travel up, we know what the dressing rooms are like, we know what the warm-up uh, scenario is like, we know what it is to return out into the pitch, to the, the background noise. Um, it's, it is invaluable having that experience. Now, I know St. Rhinos have a lot of experience behind them as well. A lot of those girls have won um, an All-Ireland football title this year when they've booked. Um, so it's much much between the two teams on the experience side, but it does, it does add a lot. 
to, to your team. What kind of match are you expecting? Uh, a fast-paced, um, intense, with two teams going to the well, going to the bottom of the well. Um, both teams will be extremely hardworking. Both teams have the hunger. Both teams have the passion. So I'm expecting a fantastically fast game um, that each player and each team is wearing their heart on their sleeve and they will throw their body in front of us for what they want. Is it all becoming that bit more real now? Is the excitement level growing? Is the nervousness level growing? How are you feeling? Um, the excitement's growing. Um, I suppose it's, I've taken it day by day. Um, on the side, I'm actually planning my wedding a couple of weeks after. The Ireland Ireland final, so I've got excitement for two things, uh, which is keep, keeping me busy. Um, but yeah, you can, and you can feel the build-up um, in the community. Um, we're from a barony which encompasses four um, parishes. And you can see the flags are out, um, people wishing you well. The players themselves were, were building up um, and getting ourselves ready for that day. Sports Beat Roundup on Beat 102-103. That's all for this week's Sports Beat Roundup. You can listen back on our SoundCloud at Beat 102-103. Now Trish has the soundtrack to your Saturday night. She's up next with Beat Anthems.